For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Hey, bitches. Oh, what a weekend. What a fucking... tale of two days I had this weekend. Friday night, I was at the Washington State Fair, which used to be known as the Puyallup Fair. You can do it at a trot, you can do it at a gallop, you can do it real slow so your heart won't palpitate. Just don't be late Do the Puyallup All the people and the animals down at the fair That do the Puyallup like they didn't have a care And it looks like so much fun to do I think I'm gonna learn how to do it too Saw a duck and a chicken down by the barn Kicking up the hay and raising such a storm That I asked the farmer what they were up to And he said, Puyallup, that's what they do You can do it in the rain or the sun or the fog It comes real easy like rolling off a log Get a partner from Tacoma or Seattle or Fife And even let you do it with your husband or wife for Jeff Foxworthy in front of, I don't know, 3,500 people or something. And right now I am driving back from a private event that I did at a doggy daycare. People were there, their dogs were there, and I was there with my karaoke machine. And look, if you were there or you're the person who booked me, I appreciate it. You're all good people. Sometimes people laughed at my jokes in between dogs barking and me fucking petting dogs and people cleaning up pee and shit during my set. If you guys think this is the first show I've done at a doggy daycare. You are fucking right. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm usually I'm tackled by humans, but tonight's... Just as a, a, a fact... It was all fun. It was ridiculous, but it was fun. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just saying to the universe, I gotta stop doing shit like that. I can't. uh, In my defense, I didn't know I had to do a show in front of dogs. But I really gotta stop doing shit like that. It's time. (laughs) It's just, just the constant background. (laughs) I think I just said something. 
their language. I don't want to miss gender. It's not exactly the kind of white noise you have before bedtime. I don't know who owns that dog, but I would never sleep. Just trying to go to sleep every night and all you hear is... Good Lord. I guess the problem is you never know. Someone says, hey, I want to book you for a private event. And I go, okay. And then when it gets there, then you're like, oh. It's in a doggy daycare. While the doggies are there. Well, that sounds bad. I'm doing someone's birthday party next month. I got I to gotta get my shit together. That's what I said to my new friend, Jeff Foxworthy. I was like... Jeff Dog, Jeff Jefferson, Fox Bro. I said Foxy. I gotta stop saying yes so much. I was laughing because someone told me this week uh, when I was gonna open for Jeff Foxworthy, they were like, someone, someone said, "Hey, say hi for me." Because they had met him in like 2018 at an event. Uh, I did not. I've been guilty of this too. I have told people, say hi to me. Say hi for me. But I was laughing. Because I, I did meet Jeff for a few minutes. Could not be nicer. Very nice guy. But just imagining going... In my two minute conversation I had with Jeff... Foxy, I call him. If I, if I would have been like, oh, also, Bill says hi? He said he met you at a golf tournament in 2018? No? You don't? Okay. God, the amount of weird-ass shows I've done. Someone came to see me in Vegas... And they were talking to me after the show, and then one of the other comedians are like, oh, are they, like, friends of yours or fans of yours? And I was like, well, yeah, well, I actually... I performed at their daughter's wedding. <laughs> and the comedian just looked at me like, who the fuck are you, dude? Why are you doing weddings? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But eventually... By the way, I had fun at that wedding. It was a terrifying gig, but I had fun at that wedding. But it's also like, I guess eventually it, when someone says, hey, will you do this thing? Maybe I would like to think, my first thought wouldn't be, how much does it pay? And it would be, do I actually want to do it? And I think I gotta start doing that because my problem right now is not filling my calendar. My problem is overfilling my calendar. So uh, I have to be less likely to do your doggy daycare grand opening or perform at your wedding ceremony. I did, uh, when I was in Vegas last time, I did a uh, Michael Yo's podcast, which will come out at some point. I don't even know if it comes out. Well, it comes out, but I think it's just clips. Maybe. I don't even know if he puts the whole thing out. But anyway. 
went to his house. Giant fucking house. We're recording the podcast was so distracting to me because it was like looking at the control room of a network television studio just to record this podcast and I'm like I don't want to stare at myself the whole time but is there a filter on this I look good and Mike Michael's a good dude he's hilarious but he had a different path You know, I think his path was like radio, and then he was like on one of those, I don't know, Extra or Access Hollywood or one of those type shows. He was actually joking, that's why he doesn't like to do crowd work, because he used to interview people for a living, and he used to interview famous people for a living. Like he used to interview like Denzel Washington about his new movie or whatever, I'm like, well that makes sense. You don't want to go from Denzel to like some drunk guy in the front row, like, (laughs) from Denzel to like, so I understand you're a plumber, huh? I get why you don't do crowd work. But anyway, I was just like, you know, his path is different. His path has gone farther than mine. He has a giant house. But I was just thinking about that. Everyone does shit gigs on their way up. But man... Oh man, if you're a Northwest comedian or a not showbiz located comedian and you're trying to make your living doing it, you say yes to some weird ass shit, man. And that's never more obvious than in Vegas when like there's people who are like coming to talk to me. Not just because they saw me at a club somewhere, but because I did their son's wedding or their daughter's wedding or they, their company hired me to do their Christmas party. Or I was in their friend's backyard. And in my head, I'm like, I can't help but notice none of the other comedians are meeting people this way. after shows they're all like that's my friend or the person's like I know you from Instagram I get that too I know you from whatever social media but I just get the sense I've done a lot more weird shit than a lot of comedians at the comedy cellar everyone pays their dues everyone does some terrible shows but like it'll be 23 years 23 years ago, I started comedy in October. And I just did a show while a dog took a shit in front of me. I was actually afraid that Jeff, the opener for Jeff Foxworthy would be a rough show because, you know, you don't know what to expect. It's big outdoor seating, big, uh, is it an arena? I don't know what you call it. Thousands of people. I'm like, maybe people won't even be sat down. Maybe people won't pay attention. Uh, but it was good. It was fun. Washington State Fair. How are we? Although, if you lived in Washington State your whole life, like I have, uh, it's probably hard to not call it the Puyallup Fair. 
again. I was talking to someone who just moved here, and as I said, it used to be called the Puyallup Fair, and he was like, Pula Lip? I was like, close, close. I was like, yeah, they used to have these commercials, they had a little jingle. You can do it at a trot, you can do it at a gallop. See, you guys know, you guys know, but he was like, have you been drinking? And I was like, a little bit, but it, it's a real song. If you want, I can sing it real slow so your heart don't palpitate. Just don't be late. That felt good. That felt real good. It's also funny because, you know, sort of when I announced, oh, I'm going to be opening for Jeff Foxworthy or whatever, you know, people were like, oh, what an opportunity. And it was an opportunity, and it paid well, and it was really fun. You know, I got to borrow his audience for the night. Uh, I would have offered to let him borrow mine for tonight. Thanks for the 3,500 people last night, Jeff. You want to stick around and do do a show in front of 40 people? Well, dogs lick their own assholes in front of you? Would, would you like to do that? You want to borrow my audience? But it's funny because I think in, sometimes in people's minds they'll be like, well, Jeff will see how hilarious you are and your life will change. And... I am not exaggerating when I tell you that when he was done performing, he was in an SUV on the way to the airport within 90 seconds. 90 seconds after he said, thank you, good night. He was on his way back to his private jet. I mean, not that it's called, it's not like Jeff Foxworthy's private jet probably, but you know. They have companies that do that shit. Wasn't even a staying in town. Flew in, flying home. With, I'm guessing, I talked to someone uh, who kind of knows and that that business of booking celebrities. And I said, what, 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 what do you think he got paid? 150000 And they're like, that's probably a pretty good guess. He flew in flew out 150 grand I was looking at his schedule I was like Foxy let's take a look at your schedule he's doing like a show a month talk about a casual way to make a million dollars this year doing 12 shows Don't get me wrong. I understand why he makes that much money. People pay whatever, 50 bucks a ticket to come see him. Thousands and thousands of people. And he's a, you know, one of the biggest comedians in the world. And people love him. And I understand that. But there is a weird thing where you're like, we both just did the same job. Why are you leaving in a private jet with $150,000? And I'm leaving in a Kia Rio. Just because no one's ever heard of me, that doesn't... So, yeah, like, I understand why he deserves that money and I don't. 
But in the sense that, like, if we were both plumbers... And we showed up to fix your broken toilet, and we both fixed it. And then one of us got hundreds of times more money than the other plumber. You'd be like, well, that's weird. They both fixed the toilet. I just mean in that sense. In the sense that we both write jokes that hopefully people like. By the way, how I uh, how I left that show and entered that show is uh, I had to go to a certain gate. I had to honk my horn at the Washington State Fair. They let me in, and then they said they were going to escort me to the arena. I thought they meant like a golf cart or something. No, I had to drive the Kia Rio one mile an hour through the fair. Like, there's no path. I'm just like, he's just like, people are eating corn dogs. And they're like, why is there a car here? Just some guy. Doesn't even have a vest on or anything. Just like, hey, stand back, car's coming through. People are just looking over, like, as they're eating funnel cake. Like, I didn't think we had to watch for traffic. We're at the fucking fair right now. People are glaring at me. I think they thought I just entered the wrong entrance and accidentally drove through the Puyallup Fair. Or maybe they were like, oh, is this a famous person? And then they're like, in a Kia Rio? I don't think so. Very embarrassing way to enter and exit the fair. Well, someone in front of you goes, Get out of the way! The opening talent is coming through. Anyway, my point is, Jeff and I um, are not friends now. It's not really going to lead to me being his opener. Not that I would want to be. What, and give up my doggy dare kicks? I don't think so. If anything, it'll lead to me opening for someone else at the Washington State Fair, which is fine. But it's just, you know, he goes, hey, nice job on his way onto the stage with my way off after I gave him a very rousing introduction. That's it for me, you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Thank you. Uh, guess what else I get to do? Are you guys ready for the main event? That was pretty good. I wanted a little better. He flew all the way here today. Are you ready for the main? Oh, man. This man needs no introduction, but I'm giving him one anyway. He sold more comedy albums than anyone in history. Blue Collar Comedy Tour, one of the biggest in history. You know him, you love him. Go nuts, go crazy, Jeff Foxworthy! And that's it. I enjoyed watching him too. He did no redneck jokes. I'm 
sure he's sick of them. But I thought he would, like, close the show with, like, if you've ever flown a private plane from Atlanta to SeaTac, done a show for $150,000, got back on that private plane, flew back to Atlanta, you might be a very successful redneck. He did no redneck jokes. Can I tell you my favorite? You might be a redneck joke that I, uh, of the ones I know. If you've ever had a full set of salad bowls that said Cool Whip on the side, you might be a redneck. That one got me. <clears throat> my family definitely used Cool Whip bowls as uh, bowls for other things later. I think that's the most people I ever performed in front of, although I don't know the number. I got conflicting... Someone told me they had 3,500 tickets sold like three or four days before the show. And then a security guy was like, I think it's somewhere between 2,500 and 3,500. So I don't know. I think any of those answers, I think 2,500 would be the most I ever performed in front of. Anyway, if I ever uh, see uh, Foxy, Jeff Foxworthy again, I'll, I'll say hi for you. My worst say hi for me thing that I've done wasn't really a celebrity, but it was the most slap in the face one. I was in the car with a comedian. He was calling his roommate, who was also a comedian. And I go, oh, hey, I worked with your roommate. I didn't know you guys were roommates. Say hi for me. And then I had to hear like, no, he says he worked with you. Where'd you work with him? I was like, Colorado Springs. Colorado... The guy didn't remember me. Very embarrassing. And annoying because I gave the guy a joke. Because it was a dumb thing I said. That I was never going to say on stage. And then the guy took it and did it for a couple years, I heard. And then didn't know me. You want to hear the joke? Uh, this was back when Michael Jackson was alive. Uh, and he was going to court all the time for, I don't know, some trial. For molestation, I believe, that he was eventually acquitted. There's a documentary you could watch that doesn't make it look good for him. But anyway... He went to trial a couple of times. He went to court a couple of times wearing pajamas. And they said he was wearing pajamas because his back hurt so bad that he was, like, coming straight from bed or something. That was his whole... That was a part of the subplot of the Michael Jackson trial was that he had a bad back. And so I said to that other guy I was in a condo with I go hey I guess that's a lesson uh, if you're gonna pick up a 12 year old lift with your knees not your back and he goes can I have that and I go yeah and then two years later he didn't remember me when I was brought up on the phone and that man's name was Larry the Cable Guy. That's not true. 
It's not true at all. There's a lot of comedians who have roommates that are also comedians. <laughs> That's fucking depressing. There was a comedian who died in uh, Las Vegas while I was there. I mean, not on my watch, but like, I don't know the guy. Geechee guy was his name. Like a one-liner comedian. And he'd lived in Vegas for a while and he died and he was just... This is a very dark thing to say in a green room, but I kind of laugh from it. Uh, he died and his roommate found him after he'd been dead for like a couple of days. Obviously a sad, tragic story. But what I said in the green room that got a laugh was I said, Man, I don't mind dying alone, but I don't want to die with a roommate. At one point during the show tonight, I pet a, I petted? That can't be right. I pet a dog. If you ever thought the word was petted and not pet, you might be a redneck. Uh, I pet a dog during my show because I ran up and started sniffing me and everyone goes, "Oh." I said, no, 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 you're good. You're not, yes, yes. That's all it takes for you, we just got that up. Asshole, each one of you. I'm spilling my guts up here. I'm like, he should pet more. I'm like, is that what you guys wanted? Should I just did dogs the whole show? I put up an old, uh, I have, I got all this old video from, uh, the Laugh Factory from last year. It was like, I think April 2022. And it's really good video, so I put up some of it. So it's like, it was like a short version of a joke. I'd done before. And the only, I hadn't done the joke in a while. Even back then I wasn't doing it in 2022. But I remember all I had for merch was a bunch of team alcohol shirts. And so I'm like, well, I'll sell those. And uh, I'm going to have to bring up the term team alcohol at least once to like try to sell the t-shirt. So I did like a very abbreviated version of what used to be like a three-minute joke. I am uh, I'm much more team alcohol than team weed. We don't need to pick a side. Each side has their strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> team alcohol, usually on time. We are often asked to leave early. <laughs> team weed's more like, that was tonight? It sure was. Look, I'm not telling you I'm, like, proud of the joke. I'm not... It's just pointing out some, like... You know what I mean? Like, oh, pot smokers are not on time, or they're dumb, or disorganized, or ha-ha-ha. Look, yes, I'm using some weed tropes. I understand that. It's not one of those jokes that, when I wrote it, I was like, this is a unique take that no one has ever heard before. say, look, I, I have put out a lot of content at this point. I, I have been called um, a terrible father, a terrible comedian, a terrible husband for some of my videos. 
fat Dave Grohl for many of them. Actually, recently, Mexican Dave Grohl, which means I've been in Vegas a lot because I'm getting tanned, but... There is no more sensitive group of people. According to my very amateur research of posting videos online, there is no more sensitive group of people than pot smokers. The comments on that dumb little clip are unhinged. They're like, well, at least team alcohol plows into a family and kills them and people get DUIs and I'm like, yeah, okay, I am not I will concede you can make the argument that marijuana is much less bad for you than alcohol. I accept that. But if you think no one has ever crashed their car because they've been high, you're out of your goddamn mind. Has it happened more often with alcohol? Sure, I'll give you that. Again, I'm not saying it's not healthier of a choice to be high than to be drunk. But if you think you're doing something good for yourself by waking up in the goddamn morning and filling your lungs with smoke, you're out of your goddamn mind. Does this is this a healthy noise? I'm not a doctor. Is this a healthy noise? Does that sound like things are going well inside your body? Is that your body accepting the healing powers of THC? I'm not saying when I sip a Jameson. I mean, there's some people who are like, oh, a couple glasses of wine, it's good for your heart, whatever. Why are pot smokers so mad? You're not all mad, but these people commenting. You're not making the argument that marijuana is a better drug by not being able to take a fucking joke. Because no drinky people, no drunky drunks made comments. No no people who drink alcohol had a comment that was like, how dare you assume I was asked to leave early because I like to drink beer. Fuck you. Dozens of comments. It was on YouTube where I got all the comments. Dozens of comments from pot smokers who were like, alcohol's the worst. Weed's the best. Fine, like what you like. I'd rather smoke weed and not wake up hungover. Guess what? When I smoke weed, I am... I almost said the R word. When I smoke weed, I am dumb as shit. The next day. I am hungover. People never smoke weed and then start fights. I disagree. You're doing that in my comments right now. Maybe they're just keyboard fights. I don't mind marijuana. I think it's fine. I'm glad it's legal. I use it occasionally. I 
Do other drugs do this? Are people on heroin like, oh great. Meth is here. I know I've been sleeping standing up for the past three hours, but at least I'm not on fucking meth. Those guys are crazy. You know who has a good sense of humor? People who smoke cigarettes. Maybe it's because they know they're going to die soon, but it... They're willing to laugh at dark shit. Back in the day, I've been doing comedy a long time. This ain't my first doggy daycare. Back when we used to have smoking shows, some clubs just, you could smoke all the time. And and then sometimes it would be like, non-smoking show and then smoking show. And the smoking shows were fun as shit. Because those crowds were down for whatever. They're like, yeah, we got some issues. We're willing to laugh. Smokers will laugh at themselves. Nicotine smokers, you switch over to the THC, all of a sudden, you think you're smoking vitamin sticks. You're out of your goddamn mind. I'm not even judging California sober, you know, that thing where it's like, People used to have a drinking problem and now they smoke weed all the time. That's probably better. I'm not judging that. I'm not judging pot smokers. I'm just judging the ones who were getting chippy in my comments. Acting like they're the Puritans of the drug and alcohol world. You know what's really bad for you? (laughs) Beer. Okay. All right. I'm probably making pot smokers mad right now. I love you. Okay? I've been using a little CBD to help myself go to sleep at night. not sure it does anything, but it doesn't not do anything. But you don't get to be morally superior and be a pothead. What the fuck? think you get to be morally, you don't get to be morally superior, like, as a, if you drink an expensive wine, and you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not a fucking drunk, I'm classy, you look down at someone, like, drinking a Miller Lite or whatever, it's the same shit. Just because your teeth are stained red. Just because it costs you a lot more to get drunk. We're all chasing the same thing, right? We're all trying to turn the brain off uh, for a couple of hours. And there's some health consequences to all of it. Probably. Anyway. 
as the great Rodney King once said, who was on Celebrity Rehab for a season, can't we all just get along? Oh, you like to alter your brain chemistry in a different way than I do? <sighs> okay. Idiot. I don't want to be upon drunk people. But I also don't love being around stone people. I get that, like, drunk people are, like, probably more prone to, like, start a fight and all that. I, I, sure, I'll concede that. But if you're sober around a bunch of drunk people or just more sober than all the drunk people are, it's very annoying. But I would say that, too, about... Have you ever been the only not-high person in a room? It's pretty annoying. Anyway, I switched teams. I'm on Team Fentanyl now. We keep losing players. Wonderful Jeff Foxy, uh... Hits the booze or the weed. I could see him having a Miller High Life on his private jet. Potheads hating drinkers and drinkers hating potheads makes as much sense as Democrats hating Republicans. We all suck. None of us are doing anything good. Is that why I have to end the podcast? I think so. I'm home. We're calling it. Bye! Dear Journal. Tonight was weird.